The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy, holy cow. I don't know how I'm just realizing this. We're a week away. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, you know. Yeah. It's Thursday, and next Thursday, we're going to be helping you set your lineups. I should probably tell you, we have some live streams. It's going to be Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday morning. I don't know if I have final times, but let's say roughly 7.15 on Monday and Thursday night, Eastern. So we'll take you up to kickoff. Monday night's going to be kind of a wavery show, but also if you have any lineup questions just for the Monday night game, of course, we'll help you. Thursday is going to be a starter sit show. This is just a live stream exclusive to YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And Sunday, we've been doing this for a few years now, uh, 11.30 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern, just firing away and answering your questions, and we always have a good time on that show. Uh, I'm Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberger here. We have on this show, I don't know, 50, 60 names to say, sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So just a little bit more of a cheat sheet for you to get ready for your drafts this weekend, or even if you've already drafted some players to pick up. What you guys do yesterday? How was your, how was your day? <laughs> Anything fun? <laughs> Draft-a-thon. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> it was a great time. Draft-a-thon was really great. And for all of you viewers and listeners who either donated or watched yesterday or were part of it in any way, shape, or form, we raised over $120,000 for St. Jude. Wow. And it was a major success story. And everyone out there, you deserve a lot of credit. Thank you so much. And can, I, can I thank two people? Yeah. Um, our, our good friend, uh, Todd Rones, who's been more than generous for uh, four years now, uh, significant contributor to our, our cause, and Scott Fish, who continues to prove he's the most generous, kindest, nicest person in fantasy world, uh, really came through last night with Fantasy Cares, um, just an unbelievable donation. And uh, unfortunately, Adam, you still owe us uh, what he asked you to do. So, What did he no ask him to now. do? Okay. Dave, I oh, yeah. my guitar for you here. No, I had to play guitar on the air last night. This is night. ridiculous. Yeah, you, this is the second time, dude. What? This is the shave second time you're teasing me with the guitar. You, don't you have to shave your head. Guitar. I have he to, to shave, shave his head? I was going to no, shave had... three lines in my hair. But what, so what happened was I went upstairs. I can't do it myself. 
I was going to have my wife do it, but she was on an important phone call and we just could not do it at that point. And it was going to be for charity and Scott donated anyway. Um, but also I got to thank all the behind the scenes people, including Thomas Schaefer, Zach Brooke, Eric DeBardinas, yeah. Sam Batesh, Eric K. uh, Thomas, Sha- I said Thomas, Ben Schrager, who was actually helping us out. Chris Towers, Dan Schneier. That's the name I forgot. Schneier was awesome. He was a super no, thank you. All right. You'll hear Dan tomorrow on the mailbag, which we're on Saturday. Fill in the blank so you, to start the show. So Go you're, ahead. You're, you're not going to play the guitar again. <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear that. At the I, end of the show. I don't need to hear it. At the end of the show, Dave, you think about the song you'd like me to play. I'll play something for you. Okay. All right. Let's do some fill in the blank and some quick questions to start here. The common theme I've noticed on my favorite fantasy teams is blank. Good players. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> uh, exciting depth, if you can believe that. Mm. That's the first thing that came into my mind. Having guys on my bench that I, that I am hopeful for will become starters slash trade bait throughout the year. Such as? Yeah, I, I've mentioned so many guys, like everybody that's in the sleeper column that I that I posted okay. yesterday. I'm trying to get at least two of those guys in every draft I'm in. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's the top. Roshan Johnson's another. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore. Cool. Yeah. Two of those four. I think there's another couple of Nico Collins is in there. Kenneth Gainwell's in there. Like if that was my bench, I'd be a happy camper. And I'm not thinking about, oh, I I, I have to hope that some of these guys, you know, break through in, in October. Why did my mic fall? I have a I hope they break through in October. No, they're guys that I'm I'm thinking have huge upside and that we see it before October. And uh, if they don't, then they're late-round picks. Tough luck. I'll pick up somebody off the waiver wire. Jamie, you got an answer? The common theme on my favorite fantasy team is blank. Favorite fantasy teams. Um, For me, it's top eight quarterback. When I look at my roster and I say, oh, I really like this team, it has a top eight quarterback. I don't really have a theme. I mean, it's just... All right. I got I another one. Go ahead. Maybe, Jamie, you'll agree with this one. Three stud receivers. Yep. Yeah. A lot of my teams that I really like, three stud receivers are right there. Two in the starting spot, one in the flex. Or if it's one of Jamie's leagues, three starting receivers. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. Uh, if I start my team with two older guys, I feel blank about it. Define older guys. Okay, Eckler, Cup, Kelsey, Adams, Henry. I'd say those five. I, I think of those guys you mentioned, really the only one I draft is Eckler. So you don't draft Kelsey? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just But you don't have Eckler and Kelsey on any of your teams. I actually have not drafted Kelsey once. Me either, unfortunately. I've got him a couple times. Uh I I don't think I think about it. So you'd be okay with Kelsey Henry or Kelsey Adams as your first two picks? No. Kelsey Henry, yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. No. Too risky for you, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, there's too much bust potential for two of those guys that you mentioned. Okay, uh, not you're not talking about Kelsey. But there's none for Kelsey, who's the oldest of the group? Not as much for the other two. Uh, not as much as the other two, yeah. Okay. Uh, fill in the blank. This is how I rank Samaj P. Ryan, Jalen Warren, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Warren, Charbonnet, P. Ryan. I believe I have it that way now. Warren, P. Ryan, Charbonnet. What's worse, dropping Justin Jefferson for Peyton Barber or dropping Justin Fields for Andy Dalton in a Superflex League? Oh, I've why both. do you do this to yourself? <laughs> 
both. Jefferson for Barber will go down as one of the worst flubs of all time. I agree. Uh, last one here. I noticed Debo Samuel is not on your busts list. Is that a recent development? Yes, he's fallen to the fourth round, which is where mm-hmm. he belongs. Yep, fair ADP. And are you as in, are you encouraged by the usage in preseason, which we try not to make too much of, but it just continues what we saw with Purdy at the end of last season. Debo, 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 and he did it again in the preseason. Yes, you should be encouraged by that. I mean, look, you're, you're talking about a quarterback that that already struggled in the small sample size to throw the ball downfield that we saw last year, and now he's coming back from a UCL injury. Is he going to take a lot of shots down the field? I doubt it. Is he going to take a few? Sure. The, 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 the thing about the 49ers, which has been fantastic in Kyle Shanahan's tenure, is the yak. Yards after catch, and Huge. they just get guys open, and they and they allow them to make plays, and that that will be what for anybody concerned about Brandon Ayuk, that will be what helps him is he doesn't necessarily just have to make plays down the field, uh, but obviously Debo is going to be the one that benefits the most. Plus, he'll get some carries along the way. Um, I, I I don't know if either of you watched Purdy closely during the preseason. I watched him I pretty close. Ah, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't think he had much velocity on his throws. He didn't last year. Yeah, that's always been the case. Yeah. I don't know if there's any It kind of worried me a little bit. I don't know if that was because of the, the injury or anything else. But there wasn't a lot of zip. Not a lot of mustard. Do you f- on You're probably going to disagree with this, but that's how I felt about Jordan Love. No, I thought Love had some velocity, and he definitely had a, a strong arm. He was just late to make throws. Oh, uh, maybe. Talked about it with Ray GQ yeah. yesterday. Okay. Um, we have one item left by the way, for Draftathon, I said we already raised the over 120K for St. Jude. Still one item out there at tinyurl.fft, tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. It's going to be a rough show for me today. Um, it's one spot in the Fantasy Football Today Dynasty podcast. One spot to be on the show, on the Dynasty show. Heath's Dynasty show. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not even going to do this read anymore. I can't speak. FFT Dynasty, you want to be on the podcast? That's the last thing remaining. Please go to tinyurl.com slash FFT donate and uh, and please bid. It's almost done. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would very much appreciate it. And if you leave a five-star review and a question, we'll read your question on the air because we're going to have mailbag episodes all throughout the year as well. So we'll read your Dynasty or your Apple Podcast reviews. <laughs> All right. It'll, yeah, I'm sorry. It's 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 a rough morning. For those of you who don't know, six hour show for me yesterday. Um, just a lot going on right now. And what time did your kids wake you this morning? No, they sleep later than me, man. Like my daughter's still sleeping. It's nine fifty. She's it's crazy. All right, good for you. Uh, Great I, for them. I actually go to school. You know what woke me up this morning? I heard the garbage truck outside, and I had to run outside. I had to take out the garbage in my kitchen put it in the in my big garbage bin and run outside and chase down the garbage trucks so I can take my garbage. <laughs> All right, the big news. Good. You got some athletic ability in you to go and, and chase down a garbage truck. I don't know if Dan's Dan in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big news, GM Chris Ballard for the Colts. He said that Jonathan Taylor complained of some ankle soreness, which is why, or ankle pain, which is why he is on PUP. And he said... The situation sucks for the Colts, it sucks for Jonathan Taylor, and it sucks for our fans. And I think it would probably suck for all of you if we talked more about this, so we'll just leave it at that. We had some interesting fantasy notes on yesterday's show. We talked to Nathan Zagura, who covers the Browns on the radio for them. And he, he doesn't just he's, he's their, their color 
broadcast. Analysts. Yeah. yeah, color commentary on their broadcasts, their games. And he thinks Nick Chubb will have a career high in catches or something. He said something. I don't know if it's catches or receiving yards. He said he'll have a career high in receiving. I don't know what, what he... Could mean both. Could mean catches yeah. and yards. Yeah, he said he's not coming off the field. Right. He said there were, what, three players that didn't play at all in the preseason. They were Nick yes, Chubb. Yes, Miles Garrett, Joe Batonio, and Nick Chubb. Chubb. Nick Chubb. Uh, Pete Prisco thinks the Jaguars' offense will be right up there with the Chiefs' offense, basically among the best in football. You know, and he's he's convinced Lawrence is just going to have a massive season. Uh, he's also convinced that Calvin Ridley should be drafted ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, right. We're doing we're doing the audience team draft yesterday, where we're letting we're doing a live draft during the show. If you didn't watch it. And, yeah. We're letting the audience pick for two teams. We're giving them four options, making a YouTube poll. We say, all right, audience, you've got this so far. You're in the fifth round. Here are your options. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Justin Herbert, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Pete says, I I think uh, Calvin Ridley should be going ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. And I said, well, I think Justin Jefferson should be going ahead of DeAndre Hopkins too. But they're both off the board right now, Pete. Calvin Ridley was taking a a round earlier. uh, He's also had to explain to Adam why Anthony Richardson will be a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Wait, Pete explained it? It was very funny. <laughs> Pete explained to Adam that Anthony Richardson not, not, was not exactly. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but uh, Adam was saying that that Anthony Richardson will be hot garbage and hot Pete garbage. said, "Yeah, but for fantasy he'll be good." <laughs> I don't think he exactly said that, but he's, you know, he understands and I understand the rushing angle to it. Um, Joe Burrow returned to practice. That's good news, but defensive end Joseph Osai is expected to miss 4 to 6 weeks with a sprained ankle. He's an important pass rusher for the Bengals. Uh, they're going to have a, lot, a very young secondary and missing one of their better pass rushers to start the season. George Kittle is still still dealing with a groin injury. He played in the third preseason game, but they've been resting him in practice because the groin, which he hurt a few weeks ago, is still an issue. Uh, Jamie, is this a big deal as we talk about uh, one week from the start of the season, week and a half, I guess, for Kittle, uh, still dealing with a groin injury? I mean, look, you should still be drafting him as the seventh tight end off the board, which is where he's been the entire offseason for me. I don't think he should be going where he's been drafted so far. Uh, We've said that a ton, no matter what ADP you really have been looking at. The thing about it is, though, maybe now Kittle becomes one of these tight ends that you should be planning to draft a second one with. You know, So maybe you're a little bit more aggressive with a Dalton Kincaid, a Sam Laporta. Not that you shouldn't be drafting these guys anyway because of upside, but maybe you should be considering somebody as a starter. So Chico Conquo. Uh, Jawan Johnson, you know, any of those top 15 caliber tight ends, you know, Jake Ferguson, you know, somebody that can, you know, help you just in case Kittle does not play in week one. But look, if he's out, that opens the door for better things for Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk because that's what we've seen. When one of these guys is missing, the other two step up. Uh, The two tight ends that, based on last year, have the best week one matchup would be... uh, Actually, I was going to say, yeah, Higby against the Seahawks. I was going to say Jake Ferguson against the Giants. But the Giants were 28th against tight ends. Uh, the Cardinals uh, gave up the most. So I don't think Logan Thomas is going to be your guy. Go ahead. Why not? I mean, you're really going to, he's just coming back from injuries. That's Thomas. not a guy you start week one. But Higby, though, he's got is, the best matchup, we yeah. think. You don't, Dave doesn't necessarily think the Seahawks will be as bad against tight ends. I don't think they'll be as bad either. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with an injured Jordan Brooks if he's playing. Who knows what they're going to do with Jamal Adams if he plays. Surprised. Right, Adams will. I think Adams will play. Hasn't he been practicing? He's off the pub. I know he returned to practice, but I don't, that doesn't. I mean, that's that right. I agree. Too, and they're not. Sure. They're not running him back though. So, um, 
I think they will. I agree with Dave. I think they will be better over the course of the season, but I just don't know right away because they got some injuries in key spots. Okay. JSN could be ready for week one. So that's cool. Mm. Cool. That's awesome. And Another good bench guy. Yeah. And Kansas City a stud. general manager Brett Veach said that Rashi Rice and Justin Ross will start as package players, but he hopes that they become every down wide receivers later in the season. And Kadarius Tony could be back for week one. And so could Legarius Sneed, our starting cornerback. And that's just a week away, in case you haven't heard me say that. Lions and Chiefs. All right, sleepers break out some. It's 54. I think Heath said 59 yesterday, which I was going to take the under on that. Then I saw it was 54, and I'm not touching that. This is juicy. You know, it's interesting. We'll do sleepers break out some buses in just a second. How fully bought in are you to the idea that the Lions are really one of the best offenses in football? I wouldn't put them in terms of one of the best unless we're talking, you know, like upper half. But I, I think there's certainly room for them to get there. So they have a ton of interesting pieces, you know, but you're asking two rookies to have to carry a heavy load of Jameer Gibbs and, and Sam Laporta. And then some guys that either are past their prime in Marvin Jones or have yet to do really anything in Josh Reynolds. So, I mean, Jared Goff, I think, doesn't get the credit he deserves because he, he was good with the Rams and he's been good with the Lions despite his reputation. The offensive line is fantastic. The play caller is fantastic. So there, there's room to get there, especially the second half of the season if Jameson Williams just provides that big playability. Yeah, I think that – I don't know if you feel kind of certain about what Goff is, but he was good with the Rams, and then he was terrible with the Rams. So I just wonder if he could still turn into a pumpkin, I guess. I feel like he's always struggled when he's under pressure, yep. which is common for quarterbacks. He's playing behind a really good offensive line. Win healthy. Asterisk. He should, he, I think he's got a chance to have a good week one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you going to start? Jones um, in a banged up sneak? Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to Jared Goff against the Chiefs or Josh Allen at the Jets? Josh Allen, but I would start Jared Goff over Anthony Richardson in week one. Sure. And two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here and we will come back and do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Here we are, sleepers, breakouts, and busts. One final time for you. So many names. Here's what I want you to do. We'll see if this works. Read the name. Give me five to ten seconds, and then so on. Dave, give me your sleepers. Okay, let's start with Jalen Warren, who should be able to handle passing downs work for the Steelers, more elusive than Najee Harris and could eventually take over the majority of the rushing work for the Steelers. Romeo Dobbs comes after him. I was so out on Romeo Dobbs a couple months ago. He's really looked great. All the reports have been great. Uh, I was told that he was the most consistent route runner for the Packers this training camp, and he's made some awesome plays. So love having him on my bench. Elijah Moore in Cleveland. I think he's going to be part of the fix for Kareem Hunt not being there. 
lined up in the backfield in the preseason, maybe like a low-rent version of Debo Samuel for the Browns. Love having him on the bench. Roshan Johnson, got to be patient with him. I don't think he's going to get a lot of work early on, but the Bears might turn to him. Good physical runner, can line up everywhere. Uh, good player. Sean Tucker, Tampa Bay. He's the guy behind Rashad White. If you draft Rashad White, whether you want to or not, you could take Sean Tucker literally with your last pick. If you don't draft Rashad White, you could literally take Sean Tucker with your last pick and see what happens over the first couple of weeks of the season. I think Isaiah Hodgins has some unique traits that'll keep him on the field for the Giants. You can get him for free. Logan Thomas, we already talked about him. Week one matchup against Arizona. If he practices all week without issue, a streamable tight end for week one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. I actually didn't even notice that Thomas was on your sleepers list. It's okay. I- it's not look, I'm not gonna say he's gonna have a good year. I just think he's got a chance. Week one. No Terry McLaurin. Right, right. Commanders might want to try and get him a touchdown since he's back. He had a bad year last year. Okay. And it's a great matchup. So I'll reread Dave's list. Jalen Warren, Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore, Rashawn Johnson, Sean Tucker, Isaiah Hodgins, and Logan Thomas. Jamie, is there anything you don't agree with on this list? No. No. I mean, these are sleepers for, for me for the last several months. Um, you know, started the, the preseason, with the, the offseason, excuse me, Nico Collins, Romeo Dobbs, you know, two of my favorites. Um, Jalen Warren, it's hard to overlook what he's done and and not call him, you know, a breakout maybe at this point, you know, just based on what the the the, the way things are trending in Pittsburgh. Um, no, so th- those are all great calls. Let me get a, a quick word on Collins. Great shot for him to be the number one wide receiver there. A little bit worried about the upside because rookie quarterback, but he he's also looked good. He's flashed speed as recently as his last preseason game. And then another name, one more, Kenny Gainwell. When's the last time DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny played a full season? Yeah, it's so true. It's never, never happened. Gainwell's just another great running back to stash on your bench. So would you take Michael Thomas or Romeo Dobbs? I have Thomas one my behind. rankings. One spot for Jamie Michael Thomas. I've got Thomas a couple spots ahead of Dobbs. Okay. Because here my problem with Dobbs is what's his path to being a top 24 fantasy receiver with Christian Watson healthy? Catches, I think he might just catches. be like a really good wide receiver 3 and you could use him as a wide receiver 2 in bye weeks. Everybody knows Michael Thomas's upside. I I don't know Michael Thomas's upside. I don't know what Michael Thomas is anymore. What is he 31? Coming off two lost seasons, ten games in three seasons. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, I agree. It's tough to trust. It's look. I, first of all, I think it depends on your build. You know, if you're looking for a little bit more of a long term play, Dobbs is probably the better option. If you're looking for a short term play, you go with Michael Thomas because while he's healthy, you'll start him. Yeah. Um. No, I, I wasn't saying I don't like Thomas or anything. I just I simply don't know what his upside is. I mean, I don't think he has wide receiver one upside anymore. Like he's the no longer one the receiver. the the, nah. right. the alpha of this receiving core. Right. That's right. true too. Could Dave. could you see him finishing as a top twenty four receiver? Yeah, I could. Jamie, if he stays healthy, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. All yeah, right. Breakouts for everybody. Let's go to Dave's breakouts. Same thing, Dave. That was perfect. Go for it. Your breakouts. Tony Pollard, now the main running back in Dallas. I think the Cowboys are going to throw a little bit more than we thought they were going to. Still not necessarily a fast place, fast pace team. Excuse me. But I uh, love the potential for him to pick up north of 50 catches, score a bunch of touchdowns, just an explosive running back who's been trending in this direction for a long time. Damian Pierce in Houston, we saw some flashes of it last year. Hopefully he stays healthy. 
He's in the right type of offense, man. This is the 49ers running offense. So they will lean on Damian Pearson. I think he's the better short yardage guy over Devin Singletary. I think he'll lead them too. We saw him getting a ton of work in the preseason, including third downs when CJ Stroud was on the field. Rashad White's on the breakout list in the sense that I think this is going to end up being his best year ever. He didn't have a great year last year. He's going to get a huge opportunity this year. I think he'll, if even if he does well this year, I'd probably lean toward him being a bust in 2024. But I think he can get north of 1,100 total yards, five or six touchdowns, maybe even one more than that because he catches the football in Tampa Bay. I think the Bucs are going to be better than people think. James Cook in Buffalo just figures to be the main running back there. Should be able to average a fantasy point per touch. He should see over 200 touches. You can do the math. Good RB2. Garrett Wilson, everybody's talking about him. The best of the best among the second-year wide receivers. Wouldn't surprise me if he was wide receiver one this year. Christian Watson is my favorite low-key number second-year wide receiver. I just love his talent, his ability to make big plays. Jordan Love hasn't looked bad so far, uh, other than being a little late on throws that we saw in the preseason. I think Watson can finish as a top-12 receiver this year. George Pickens, we've had a ton of talk about. I think he's the best receiver in Pittsburgh. I think he can lead that team in all the receiving categories and certainly be a good wide receiver, too, by the end of the year. And then Sky Moore, probably in that same boat as Romeo Dobbs, maybe can finish top like 28 in full PPR among wide receivers. But I think if he's if he's legitimately replacing the majority of what Juju did last year, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to put up catches and yards from week to week in a very good, obviously, Kansas City offense. Okay, so Dave's breakouts are Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, James Cook, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, George Pickens, that's three year two wide receiver. Oh, and Sean and Sky Moore. That's four, four year two wide receivers. And Dobbs is on the previous list, so that's five. And I know you like Dotson too. So yeah, we like sure. the young receivers. It's obviously makes sense. Jamie, any issues with Pollard, Pierce, White, James Cook, Rashad White, James Cook, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Sky Moore? Nope. All good. All good choices. I have some follow up questions. Here's my issue with Pierce. I like Pierce. I I love, you know, look, I love explosive running backs. I don't think he's going to be the guy who runs, you know, outruns people, but he's still so effective. He just runs people over. He breaks tackles. He's violent. He's really good running back. I have to take Damian Pierce at this point over some really good wide receivers that I want. I think that's what's bumming me out about Pierce. I, I think his, I feel like he's maybe being drafted at his upside. I'm, I guess I should, to a ceiling, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's probably an early round four pick. If he gets to round five, wonderful. But when would you take him? Because I don't want to necessarily pass up Christian Watson, Keenan Allen, in certainly in a PPR league here, uh, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. I'm feeling like I'd rather take receiver there. How do you feel about Pierce with those guys? Let's go back to what Jamie said about your build. And that if, if you find yourself in late round three and you want to find a second running back, or maybe you haven't even drafted a running back yet, Damian Pierce makes sense there. And if you're if you're looking for a running back, that means you should probably be good at wide receiver already. So you might not be dying for Allen, Debo, DK, Cooper, uh, the names that you mentioned, Adam. And on the flip side of that, if you've already got one running back, you might decide to wait a little bit longer to find your second one, in which case you could go ahead and get one of those wide receivers and let somebody else get Damian Pierce in your league. Okay. Um, having Rashad White on the breakout list, but Sean Tucker on the sleeper list. You know what I'm I've, saying? I've been finding myself lately drafting both. When, when I get White, and it, it, I prefer him in round five, 
uh, I, I get Tucker with my last pick. Okay. And Garrett Wilson, do you think he has the most upside? And you said you wouldn't be surprised if he was the number one. Wide, wide receiver, receiver one, yep. Does he have the most upside out of the group of Garrett Wilson, Amonra St. Brown, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Adams, Waddle? Yes. Jamie, who has the most upside in that group in your opinion? St. Brown. St. Brown, okay. All right, Dave, let's see uh, what your busts list Looks Keep like. in mind that when it comes to the bus, it's based on ADP, and these are usually players that I'm just taking around, uh, maybe a round and a half later, in some cases several rounds later, but not for the first two. Lamar Jackson, everybody's excited about him. Again, it's the third year in a row. I just I, I can't justify the round three ADP or him being the third quarterback off the board. He's not the third. He's the fourth, fourth. I think, yeah, fourth. in ADP off the board. When he he's been below 25, 25 fantasy points per game each of the last three seasons, I know we're excited about this new offense. I I hope it works out for him, man. I really do. I'm a little bit worried about him not running as much. We know that he wasn't a great passer in the red zone last year or the year before. And of course, you've got the injury concerns baked in on top of that. Ramondre Stevenson in New England. We've gone round and round on him. Zeke's an issue, but the other issue is spending a round three pick on a Patriots running back. You get nervous when Bill Belichick and the Patriots mix and match their running backs all the time. I know that Ramondre Stevenson is the best running back in New England, and I think he'll be pretty good. But we saw a sample size last year when he was sharing with Damian Harris, and he wasn't even getting 13 PPR points per game. Struggled within the division, struggled to score pretty much in any game Harris played in. He scored twice in all the games that he played in with Damian Harris last year. We're counting on catches. That's great. I hope it's there. I'm a little bit nervous that some of the other additions that the Patriots made this offseason could take targets away so that they're not as reliant on Ramondre as they were last year in that awful offense. The offense should be better. I just don't know if it'll be explosive enough. Again, round three, too rich for my blood. Najee's ADP, is it round three? Is it round four? Is it round five? It's still too high. If I like Jalen Warren, I can't possibly like Najee Harris. He's literally my RB24 in full PPR right now. We've talked a lot about Jonathan Taylor this week. Man, there's a chance he doesn't even play this year. I think if you're drafting him and you're thinking to get him in round five or round six, you're counting on him getting traded because that's the only way he's going to play 13 games because the Colts aren't going to bring him off the pup list, give him a bunch of money, and then he's going to be good to go in week five. It's just going to be a rough year. So I don't want to even deal with the headache of Jonathan Taylor. I have him ranked 97th overall. It feels weird. Uh, Judy and McLaurin, those are injury-related. Uh, I would prefer to get them in round seven and wait for them to come back. In the case of both of them, they might never be 100% this year. And in, with McLaurin, Dotson's there. Dotson could be the lead wide receiver quite easily in Washington. Kittle, Waller, they're just being drafted too high, especially Kittle. You know, everybody looks at Kittle. They're, they're taking him late round four, early round five. They see the 11 touchdowns from last year. That was a career high. He had a five-year low in catches per game and yards per game. I have a tough time buying George Kittle anywhere near round six, much less round five. And then Russell Wilson, kind of an obvious one. People take him because they know his name. They hope he bounces back. I am very nervous that he will not bounce back in Denver this year. I don't think Russell Wilson is an obvious one because he's going so late. He was someone I was I don't even excited. know if he should be drafted. Yeah, I was kind of like excited about him, but I think you have to have cooled a little. I mean, you can't see what's going on in the preseason and Jerry Judy getting hurt and not have cooled. But uh, He's my QB 23. Okay. But in a 2QB league, I mean, there's still... 
I mean, Judy's not on IR. We're acting like he's on your bus list here. We're acting like, you know, Judy's going to miss so much time. Might miss a game. He has he, the middle, he might what's, what's he that? might miss a month and a half too. He could miss three. He could. You know, they just yeah. But and he's going to come back from it. I don't think we, we should expect him to be himself in his first game back from a significant hamstring injury. Yeah, All and right. he could always hurt himself again. And even if Judy's there, I think it could be rough. Yeah, I'll go back to we'll run through your bus list one more time. But two guys on this list uh, noticed we noticed a common theme on some quarterbacks who in recent years have absolutely smashed ADP. And whether that was high-end guys like like Tom Brady was maybe something like QB 9 or 10 in ADP, and he had an amazing year, won the Super Bowl with the Bucs. Um, ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan had that year where he was QB 2 and he won the MVP, and the year before that he was, he was bad. They were veteran quarterbacks who got new offensive coordinators had previously been fantasy studs at least once. And that is Lamar Jackson. That is Russell Wilson. So um, you're just not really thinking that. that is Look, gonna, yeah, I'll ahead. draft Lamar. I just, there's other quarterbacks I'd rather have. I'd rather have Burrow. Uh, obviously the top three. I'd rather have Burrow. And I still have Fields a spot ahead of Lamar. But I've got Lamar ahead of Herbert. I've got him ahead of Lawrence. Definitely ahead of all the other guys. Yeah, I've seen a lot of drafts where Lamar Jackson is just barely behind Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're getting at. It just uh, yeah, sure. And way. I get that. People love that upside. When they when they take him in round three, though, it just it feels ridiculous. Jamie, anything you want to say on the bus list here? Lamar Jackson, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't agree with what Dave's saying about the ADP for Lamar Jackson, but I do think he should be the fourth quarterback, and I do think there is immense upside for him because of the coordinator team. So I don't really worry about what happened the last two seasons, but the ADP, if that's what we're going by, I think that is worthy of calling him a bust. Uh, obviously, I disagree with Stevenson and Waller. I think Stevenson is going to be worth a third-round pick and will absolutely destroy Ezekiel Elliott in every metric that matters because Ezekiel oh, yeah. Elliott looked terrible last season. So. Um, I think the offense will be better. I don't worry about the additional uh, about the additions in the passing game because they just needed some semblance of an upgrade to begin with. So that will help the offense as a whole. And again, when they had a better offensive system two years ago, they scored 25 rushing touchdowns from their running backs down to 10 last year. So those touchdowns will be there for both of those guys. So Stevenson, I completely disagree with, and I completely disagree with Darren Waller. He's the third tight end that you should be drafting this year. Daniel Jones is going to be fantastic for him. The system is going to be fantastic for him. And Waller will bounce back and play like the guy we saw with the Raiders when he was healthy. You can rebut Dave if you'd like. Or no, I'm good. Okay, okay. We'll take a break. I we'll said hear. my piece on on, on uh, Stevenson, and I've said my piece on Waller many times. I don't think there's any other reason to bring it up again. Fair enough. Let's go to break. We'll come back. We'll hear Jamie's sleepers, breakouts, and busts after this. Welcome back. Let's uh, see who Jamie likes and is actually avoiding this year as well. Sleepers, breakouts, busts. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of names here, Jamie. Uh, go for it. Yeah, I just uh, published another sleepers column and looking at guys at pick 140 or later. So that's where this range of guys is. So to give you some deep sleepers for this season, because I've done a billion sleepers already, uh, of the obvious ones. Um, so Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell, quarterback, they're not going to be drafted in one quarterback leagues. They should absolutely be drafted in two quarterback leagues, and they have the potential to be. 
Uh, very good waiver wire option throughout the course of the season. Pickett looks awesome this preseason, and uh, you know you, you reference Russell Wilson. Um, he's he's my number eighteen quarterback this year in terms of Pickett. So just after Jared Goff. So the guys that we've been typically talking about, I think Pickett's right after that group. So ahead of Stafford, ahead of Wilson, ahead of uh, Jordan Love for me. Um, right at one spot ahead of Howell. Howells looked great as well. You know, once it, he was named the starter, had that strong preseason game against Baltimore. I know it's against backups, but he, he's looking better. And 19 points in his uh, debut last year against Dallas. Uh, he's going to be fun. Uh, I think he's going to run, surprise people with that, what he did at North Carolina. So, again, two guys that if your quarterback play gets quarterback gets off to a bad start and you want to talk about a good week one matchup, Sam Howell is a great streaming option if you want to play that game against the Cardinals in the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, four running backs here. Dave mentioned one to Kenneth Gamble. I agree. Could be the starter for the Eagles. You're getting him at like 160 right now, which is just insane as ADP. Um, that's obviously going to rise a little bit over the weekend once all these drafts happen, but uh, still just a free space right now. Uh, but Ty Chandler, Kendra Miller, and Ty J. Spears, uh, you know I'm a little concerned about Derrick Henry. Uh, Spears has looked great in the preseason, had that 33-yard touchdown. I know, Adam, you love those explosive plays. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously following his mentor with the stiff arm, um, looking like he could be a nice option there as a lottery ticket should something happen to Derrick Henry. Uh, Miller is going to be very interesting to see what the Saints do in their first three games without Alvin Kamara there. And Jamal Williams, who knows what he has left to offer. Miller looked very good once he came back from his little knee situation. Um, if he does anything in those first three games, it might be a, someone to keep an eye on over the course of the season. And he's going to be the future in New Orleans. So if you are in one of these, you know, we get asked this question a lot. Who can I draft this year to stash for next year? Kendra Miller is as perfect a guy as you could find. Because if he does have any strong performances this season, that might be their starter if they move on from Alvin Kamara next season. Ty Chandler, I know a lot of people have asked, oh, Miles Gaskin just went to Minnesota. What does that mean? Well, Nuwagnu didn't play at all in the preseason and was dealing with uh, an undisclosed injury. Didn't even practice a lot in, in training camp. And they waived Wayne McBride. I don't know how much we talked about that. So yeah. Chandler's they brought the, him back on the practice squad. Uh, no, I know, but but they, you know, moving on from him from the the active roster speaks to I think what they think of Chandler. Who, look, we we've said for the last four seasons, Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison as a lottery ticket should something happen to Dom Cook. Well, now the new Madison is now Ty Chandler, and Madison obviously unproven as a starter. So all these guys you're getting with late round picks, they're just unbelievable stash candidates. Uh, four receivers that I have here: Rashad Bateman, Marvin Mims, Jaden Reed, and Tank Dell, again, great situations. I love Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be the number one receiver for Baltimore, but the guy that has the best rapport with Lamar Jackson is Bateman. And in two of the five games that he was healthy for last year, 13 or more PPR points, and this offense is obviously going to be better, you're getting him for free. Marvin Mims, it's cheating a little bit, but his ADP is still at 162. Uh, That should rise uh, a little bit over the weekend. But past 140, I don't know how much he'll go higher than that. Um, this is the guy Sean Payton drafted. You know, he, he inherited Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton, and we know Sutton's been very difficult to trust lately, and Judy's injured right now. So Mims, very good at Oklahoma, very going to be a big part of this offense, even if both those other guys are healthy because no Tim Patrick. And so Mims is a good stash candidate. Um, Jaden Reed, you know, Dave mentioned Romeo Dobbs, I agree. Uh, Christian Watson, about a breakout, I agree. This is a very, very thin receiving core and very, very young. And Jaden Reed, strong season last year at Michigan State. Going to be their third receiver. Also had a very strong training camp. Again, a guy you're getting, he has no ADP right now on our site. So one uh, of your last round picks, something happens to Watson or to Dobbs, he's in a great spot. And then Tank Dell, you know, I, I think we we got excited after that first preseason game. Then he had the hamstring tightness and back tightness. Nothing's really changed for him. You know, he's he's dealing with a crowded receiving court to a certain extent. I, I agree with what Dave said. You know, like I said, I've been high on Nico Collins all offseason as the number one guy there. 
But who's going to be number two? Is it going to be Robert Woods? Is it going to be Noah Brown? Is it going to be John Mechie? You know, I, I think Dell is the guy that would be my preferred choice and still has just as much upside as a go-to guy for C.J. Stroud. And then two tight ends I have are Chig Okonkwo and Jake Ferguson. I've been all over the map with Okonkwo. You know, he was, we had this uh, bet, which will, I'll still, I'll still uh, play out with you, Adam, but I, I would take Kincaid over Okonkwo now. Um, <laughs> but was one of my breakout candidates at this position before they signed DeAndre Hopkins. Now you got Burks coming back from a knee injury. Kyle Phillips is out, or at least on injured reserve with a knee injury. And Okonkwo went from a guy that was being drafted in the early drafts as a, as a top 12 guy, maybe in a top 10 guy. Now you're getting him as, as a borderline top 20 tight end, again, after pick 140. So qualifies for what we're looking at here. And Jake Ferguson, um, in Dak Prescott, six of seven seasons for Dak Prescott, his tight end, whether it was Jason Witten, Dalton Schultz, and there's one more guy I think that snuck in there at one, one of those seven years, but at least maybe it's just those two guys, uh, at least 83 targets for his tight end every six of seven years of his career. So uh, in three of those seven seasons, the tight end has been second on the team in targets. And one year, Jason Witten was third, but he was three targets away from being the leader in targets on the team. So the tight end is something that matters to Dak Prescott. I think Jake Ferguson is going to be a very nice surprise, despite the fact that it's a crowded receiving core in Dallas. And Dalton Schultz, not the greatest of athletes, as we've seen, has been very productive over the last three seasons. So Ferguson steps into that role. So uh, another guy, like I said, these two guys in particular, if you draft Kincaid, take one of these two guys with him along with Juwan Johnson, who I put in the breakout category. Uh, but if you are looking for a second tight end with upside, Oconquo and Ferguson, they're top 15 guys for me. All right, let's run through that list again. Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. These are deeper sleepers. What'd you say, 106 to 50? 140 or later. 40, okay. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Ty Chandler in Minnesota, Kendry Miller in New Orleans, Ty J. Spears in Tennessee, Kenneth Gainwell in Philadelphia. Wide receivers, Rashad Bateman in Baltimore, Marvin Mims in Denver, Tank Dell for Houston, Jaden Reed for Green Bay, tight ends, Chig Conquo for Tennessee, and Jake Ferguson, great week one matchup against the Giants mm-hmm. uh, in Dallas. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, James, uh, Dave, anything you want to add to that list? Or I like the list. There's seven names that I think are worthy of being drafted even in 12-team leagues, but I want to ask each of you, and I'll do the same thing, if you had to pick three, the top three of your sleepers, Jamie, because they're 140 or later, I should be able to get all three of these guys. Do you, do you have a preference for the top three? And then I'll go first with it. Gainwell is number one with a bullet. I've thought a lot about Rashad Bateman lately. I think that that's a really good bench stash to begin the year. And then I can't decide between Chandler and Okonkwo. I think I'm going to take Okonkwo um, just because of the tight end position. And if he does manage to somehow break out in Tennessee, uh, you've got that on your squad. Uh, my three favorites would be Mims for sure. And then he was close. I'll probably go Chandler second and Gainwell third. And Chandler's a must if you get Madison, wouldn't you agree? I mean, not a must. But. I think either way. You know, I don't think you have to draft him if you, I don't mm-hmm. think you only have to draft him if you draft Madison. I mean, he's, he's somebody that I look for in, in almost every draft. And I hate drafting with Thomas because he takes him every time. <laughs> he looked awesome in their first preseason game, lost a little bit in the other two. Yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with the the handcuffs because there just aren't that many that are going to come in and get the workload that we really want or they really right. need. You know, but like to be I, f- I've heard Heath say that Keontae Ingram is one James Conner injury away from 
like, right, know, but 15 plus yeah, touches or something. And I don't really know that I believe that. I think you get, you know, you, if, if Ty Chandler gets, gets that opportunity and Madison gets hurt and just on a quick aside, I haven't brought this up, but there have been some two reports recently where the Vikings are just sold on Alexander Madison as an every mm-hmm. down back. So yep. if you, if you like Madison, it was good to hear. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, but I also think, you know, when we, we see this from time to time and, you know, you heard me say this earlier when Heath was arguing against Tony Pollard, that this was some of the arguments against Austin Eckler when a guy has never done it before and then getting thrust into that role can they do it over the course of a season? This is still a guy that struggled to take away production from Dalvin Cook in terms of Madison. You know, so yeah. will he will he thrive in that role? Yeah, and no, so, no. I, I was I was only saying that separately. I wasn't trying to take away from Ty Chandler, Jamie. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm but I'm I'm just making the point that yeah. when when you have some of these unproven situations, and and there may be a guy that's I don't want to say as talented, but he might be. Chandler might be as talented as Madison. You know, all, all it will take is a fumble, a bad blitz pickup, something that Madison does, and then Chandler gets a series or two, and he takes off in those series, and we could be looking at another Jalen Warren, Najee Harris situation. You know, so yeah. this isn't necessarily an injury scenario only. This could be a – he may at some point steal the job, you know, like yeah. how Roshan Johnson may steal the job, that type of thing. Yeah, and uh, Madison has not been a very good running back the last couple of years. His longest run last year right. was 15 yards. 74 carries 2021 he had two carries of 20 or more yards on 134 carries so he's he might be a bit of a plotter unfortunately but maybe not we'll see um all right breakouts breakouts for jamie start with anthony richardson go for it and i still have madison as a breakout by the way <laughs> but, uh, um richardson and and two at quarterback i mean those, those are somewhat obvious at this point just based on what they're where they're being drafted, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me, mostly for Tua. I understand the concerns about Richardson, so I get that he's not being drafted as gung-ho as we have been touting him. But um, Tua, look, the, the injury concerns, you have to sort of bake that in. But when he hits, because it's going to happen this year, he could be in the MVP conversation. That's how good he was playing last year. We forget about that, that people were talking about him as the NFL MVP with the way he was performing. Um, the running backs, uh, guess which one I listed here, uh, JK Dobbins, um, uh, two that Dave mentioned and James Cook and Rashad White and, and Alexander Madison. Again, we don't need to get into a lot of that. Uh, the receivers, there's some, there's some crossover for both of us, but, uh, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, um, as three guys that I listed there. Um, Dotson, I know we didn't talk a lot about, but, but obviously the injury to Terry McLaurin has opened the door for him to, you know, be the number one guy. And based on what he did last year, again, missed five games with a hamstring injury, still led the commanders in, in touchdowns, has looked great with Sam Howell so far this year, uh, this preseason. And I think he's going to, you know, ascend in his second season. And, you know, we probably by the end of this, if Sam Howell plays the way that I think he could play by the end of the season, we may be saying, why weren't we drafting Dalton closer to where we're drafting Watson? You know, second year guy, a lot of explosiveness, uh, big play opportunity. Um, so Dotson, Dotson, I think is 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 worth drafting you in, said, in did he say minutes. dalton i think you said dalton i think but i could be wrong you uh, think i said are you why dalton? are we drafting dalton i thought you said dalton Where jamie do you have andy dalton on your breakout list <laughs> it's his breakout list? um it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's Jahan dalton, John or dalton. Andy dalton andy dalton so you, yeah i mean olave watson dotson and dave had all those year two receivers on his it's, list it's, as it's well. just a great class absolutely yeah and Come out of your draft with a year two receiver, if not three, you know. But all right, who else? Who are your tight ends? And then the two tight ends, uh, Dalton Kincaid and Jawan Johnson. You know, Kincaid, I think you're going to be happy drafting him as a starter. He has a chance to 
you know, be fantastic in his rookie campaign, which we don't talk about a lot. And Johnson, uh, I think, will be one of the go-to guys for Derek Carr. It's funny because, like, can Derek Carr support Olave, Michael Thomas, Jawan Johnson, Alvin Kamara? It's asking a lot for him. But I think from a touchdown standpoint, Johnson will still be a good red zone threat. And we'll see him do some more things from a catch and yard perspective. So uh, one of these tight ends that we talk about with greater late. Anthony Richardson, Tua, Dobbins, James Cook, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, Olave, Watson, Dotson, Dalton Kincaid, and Juwan Johnson. Um, you do have, real quick on this, actually, you do have two Saints pass catchers on your breakouts list. You like Michael Thomas enough where you have him one spot ahead of Romeo Dobbs. Is Derek Carr not a sleeper? He, yeah, he's not He's not bad. You know, he's behind those young guys for me in terms of um, Pickett, Howell, and, and Love. Because I think if those guys hit, there'll be more. There's more upside there, but yeah, Derek Carr's not a bad fallback option. Listen to me. I swear, if Taysom Hill somehow ruins all <laughs> these good options, I am just done with fantasy. Uh, Dave, anything to say about Jamie's breakouts list? I'd like to hear a little bit more about J.K. Dobbins. Actually, <laughs> now, uh, so I think. Two things that I want to do. One is just a quick point, and then the next is a discussion. The fact that Richardson, Tua, Kincaid, and Juwan Johnson are there, those are two positions they kind of have to work around on draft day, quarterback and tight end. All four of those guys, you could get past the midpoint of your fantasy draft. So they are all low-risk, high-reward options, and I love that they're on your list. We've talked a lot about a ton of second-year wide receivers. A guy missing from my list and, Jamie, a guy missing from your list is Drake London. And I wonder if we should address either now or maybe on another episode why Drake London is not on either of our breakout lists. That's a great question. I mean, it's the volume. You know, it's it's just hard to buy into Desmond Ritter supporting those three guys. And it feels like of the three guys in Kyle Pitts and and – Bijan Robinson, London mm-hmm. is the one that loses the most. Now, that doesn't mean you can't draft him as a starter. And it's like every time I see him go, I'm like, this just feels like a good spot for him. You know, anytime I see him go around five, like just it's this is the right mm-hmm. spot for him. Yep. It's when he goes a little bit sooner than that, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable just because he's going ahead of some other receivers that I think might be better from from not from a talent standpoint, just from a production standpoint. And so um I'm I'm very hopeful that. Ritter surprises us all. And, you know, we heard Matt Ryan say that he's he's encouraged by Ritter and encouraged by, you know, what Arthur Smith will allow him to do. And so if we get, like, just looking at what Arthur Smith has, de- has dealt with so far, like if we can get a little bit more trust like he had in Matt Ryan the first year they were, they were in Atlanta, uh, the first year Smith was in Atlanta, and he allowed him to throw as much as he did, granted veteran quarterback that, you know, borderline Hall of Famer versus Marcus Mariota where it was like, oh, my God, I can't trust this guy to do anything you know, and Ritter earns that trust, then I think we're going to be really surprised by this entire team because we know Robinson will do well on the ground. I think we'll be very good as a pass catcher. And then hopefully both Pitts and London can ascend to the heights that they're capable of because they're amazing talents. I got to ask on the topic of London, I guess, Jake Seeley was on yesterday. We were talking about Kyle Pitts and people may be thinking that he's not healthy. Dave, were you on that segment? You were on that, I was right? there. What are your thoughts on that, that he's not fully back from the knee? He doesn't look great. Let me say this. He did not look great in the preseason game against Cincinnati. He also didn't play every snap in that game. And at the practice I went to, uh, he was, I don't think he even played 50% of the 
practice snaps and seven on seven and 11 on 11. And I remember from the practice and I'm, I'm actually looking at my notes right now for London. Um, I, I didn't have anything in my notes about him. And I thought that maybe he was locked down a little bit, but boy, did he impress in the preseason game against Cincinnati. You all saw the big sideline catch where, uh, you know, he skyscraped over a defensive back, got a knee down in bounds. That's a great catch. I thought he moved well in his routes. Remember, he's a bigger dude. So yeah. it's rare when a big dude can move well, be quick and sudden in his movements. And London was doing that. So after that preseason game, I moved London ahead of Pitts, kind of moved Pitts down in the overall rankings, not necessarily in the tight end rankings. And I'm okay with London in round five. Jamie talked about it. it just feels right. Pitts is more of like a round six pick to me because he still doesn't look as explosive as he did last year. And everyone will say, well, of course he didn't look explosive last year. He was he was terrible. His numbers were terrible. Now, if you watched him run his routes, he was explosive last year. They just couldn't get him the football. 30 passes of 11-plus air yards, 16 of the 30, totally uncatchable for Kyle Pitts. So I'm worried about whether or not he can move well. I think London can. Uh, but it is a it is a math problem, especially when they added Bijan Robinson, who's going to certainly suck up a lot of carries, but also a lot of catches too. And and I will say this about London: you you should still be drafting him as a number two receiver, but he should be at the back end of that group. Like you'd rather have him as a wide receiver three. I would, and I'd rather have Dotson over him. Okay, I have him one spot ahead of Dotson, and I have thought about that a little bit. Maybe I should make that move. I'm I'm going to keep it the way I have it for now. But they're okay. Bust list for Jamie. Finish on that. Um, again, this is a lot related to ADP as well as Dave alluded to. But uh, I hate saying this, but Patrick Mahomes uh, still going in the first round. I, I can't. I can't sign off on that. As much as I, I want to be draft quarterback early and and buy into those three guys as great as they are, take them in round two. Take them in the back end of round two. There's just too many other players that will help you at different positions that you can still pair with a great quarterback, as we've talked about. Again, depending on the ADP or when you're drafting these guys, but. Once you get past those top three, Jackson, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence, Tua, they're all going to be very good this year. Richardson, if he hits, all going to be very good this year, and you can get those guys much, much later. So just don't take Mahomes in round one. On our side, Aaron Rodgers still going as a top-ten quarterback. I can't sign off on that. I do think he'll be okay, but I think he'll be okay from a 13-16 to standpoint as opposed to a top-12 guy. So uh, I'd rather have Tua. I'd rather have Richardson personally uh, over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the running backs here, Dave mentioned one already, and Najee Harris. Two more for me are Brees Hall and, and Isaiah Pacheco. I just can't buy into Brees Hall being back to what he was a year ago. I'll buy into that next year when it's two years removed from the ACL. And if Dalvin Cook stays healthy the majority of the season, it's going to be bad for Brees Hall. Uh, Pacheco, he says this a lot. I totally agree. He's got to score a lot of touchdowns because he's not going to be involved in the passing game. And so this is the definition of a trap back. Great offense. We love that. But Pacheco, at this point, I, I – I'm getting close to Jalen Warren over Isaiah Pacheco. That's how much I, I'm a little concerned about him being the guy there for Kansas City to the level that we saw at the end of last season. Uh, four receivers for me. Uh, Dave mentioned two of them already because of the injuries, McLaurin and Jerry Judy. I'm curious to see what the actual ADP will be after this weekend on both of those guys, but still a little bit too soon. Uh, but for Adams, you've heard me say this a lot. I just don't want to trust him as a top five wide receiver. He's going just outside of that right now. Number seven for me is number 10. So I would rather have Amara St. Brown. I'd rather have Garrett Wilson. Uh, and I believe he's still going ahead of C.D. Lamb, which I just can't sign off. Wow. I'd rather have all those guys over Devontae Adams. Metcalf still around four pick. Again, I think it's a little bit too soon. And then the tight end is the same one Dave listed as George Kittle. Would you take Metcalf or Drake London? I would take Metcalf. I think there's more upside there. 
All right, your busts are Mahomes. This is all at cost. All at cost. Mahomes, don't take him in round one. Aaron Rodgers, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Isaiah Pacheco, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, and George Kittle. And I'll point out, I don't know if you said this, but I think Rogers ADP on CBS is just higher than it is on other sites, right? Yeah, I just, you know, I I, I, I get it. Yeah, so is Kirk Cousins a little bit too, but um, Cousins I could buy a little bit more just because I think he'll be a little bit better. The schedule is brutal for the Jets. They're just going to have a real tough time against a lot of good defenses. And you have still a questionable offensive line for New York. I know they look better. Oh Beckham my gosh, great. big news. Yeah, I was going to tell Dave. What I happened? Know, this is going to impact him pretty well. What is it? Jeff uh, Gil Brand passed away. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, geez. you're kidding! I'm sorry. That. I didn't oh see. my god. We have also fantasy football news, but yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Do you want to? Sorry. Oh my god. Um, he was. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear this. First of all, I loved Gil. We we don't have enough time for me to go into what Gil means to me. I worked with him for three and a half years at NFL.com, and he was. So kind, so fun, so willing to help me. Um, you guys see when I'm at my home set up a Cowboys helmet behind me. It's a Cowboys helmet signed by Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, and two other prospects from that year's draft class. It's a gift from Gil. Um, no one has that item anywhere because Peyton Manning doesn't sign Dallas Cowboys helmets, especially with Charles Woodson. Um, but Gil had gave that to me. Uh, I love him. Um, he's truly a Hall of Famer and I'm I'm really sad about this. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry, rest, Dave. rest easy, Gil. Um, would you like the fantasy football news? Sure. Jeff Wilson is on IR. Oh wow! wow. We got Jalen Ramsey, Jeff Wilson. Oh, this is a Dove Climbing tweet. So I got got to confirm. You want me to look for it? Yeah, just confirm it. Um, but yeah. Jeff he Wilson was absent from practice yesterday. Jeez. Well, this changes things. Okay, let me read through the bus list one more time, and then we're going to transition to this: uh, Mahomes, Rogers, Najee, Brees, Hall, Pacheco, Devonte Adams, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, George Kittle. Doesn't mean they're going to stink. Just means they're going in some some cases a little bit too high, like Devonte Adams. Dolphins announced it. Jeff Wilson's on IR. Okay, in some cases uh, way too high, like George Kittle in the fourth round uh, in a lot of ADPs. All right, uh, reaction to this, um, Raheem Mostert now obviously gets a big boost. And, and Jamie, your first thoughts on uh, Jeff Wilson starting the year on IR? Obviously not ideal for anybody that drafted Jeff Wilson. Um, Raheem Mostert now becomes, I would say, a borderline top 30 running back, you know, just based on the opportunity. And he's looked good in the preseason. Look, let's give him credit. He only missed one game last year. I know he was banged up at, at other points in the season. But, you know, the health concern, not there not last year. You know, I wonder what this means for Devon A-Chain. Um, and, and if you're in a deep league, Savan Ahmed, he's had a strong preseason, you know, so yeah. didn't he leave their last preseason game? Ahmed, I don't crazy. So. Okay. I think I thought Gaskin may, uh, maybe Gaskin's they on cut, the Vikings. I know like they got rid oh. of Gaskin. They must have something. I mean, this, this could be keep an eye on Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, totally. You know, they were in on Dalvin Cook. They were in on Jonathan Taylor. Maybe they, maybe they go back to Jonathan Taylor now. Remember, he could still get traded there. Yeah, he he's okay. Here it is. Ahmed was in the concussion protocol. He's out of it now, or he. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not in the concussion protocol day to day. 
after their game against Jacksonville. If you're drafting right now, would you draft Raheem Mostert or Roshan Johnson? Uh, if I need a running back early in the season, it would be Mostert. If I'm taking a long-term appeal, I would go with uh, with uh, Roshan. Would you take Mostert ahead of uh, Jamal Williams and Kendry Miller? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm talking for like, you know, you got the zero RB thing. and you, Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Mostert may be their guy all season. Yeah. And he was really good. I mean, look at this stretch. Week four, he had 15 carries. Week five, 18 carries. Uh, I'll just say 14 to 18 carries in five straight games. And one of them may have been with Wilson. And he scored 10.1, 19.2, 5.8, 20.9, and 7.7 PPR fantasy points. Was he great? No, but he had two huge games. He had one game with 10 points. You can live with that. He had two disappointing games. But that's a lot of work. I mean, that's 15 or more touches in five straight games for Raheem Mostert. And then they traded for Jeff Wilson either at the very end of that stretch or just after that stretch. I think it was just after that stretch. Um, So that's a big deal. And is A-Chain... What's his status for week one? He's got to still be banged up with the shoulder. Well, we'll get the injury report this week. Uh, maybe it's just left to uh, Mostert and Ahmed for week one. But you're, you're going to yeah. see, you will definitely see Mostert rise in drafts. Um, off the top of the dome, I was thinking round eight, just to have somebody who could be an RB2 to start the season. Uh, A-chain might fall right behind him or in that same range. And then I, I wouldn't forget about Wilson if you've got IR spots, because now you can stash yes. him. Yeah, exactly. Draft him, stash him. Yeah, go to your waiver wire. Pick up one of the guys that Jamie talked about. His deep sleepers not, list. He's not going away. Obviously, the the question becomes: This has been a very aggressive front office in the last couple of seasons. I mean, going out again, Bradley Chubb. Obviously, the Tyree Kill trade. They were they were in on to whatever degree, Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor. You know, so. Don't be surprised if there's a transaction at some point. It may not be a, a, a superstar. You know, they, they may go after somebody's depth, you know. Yeah. Well, Dave? What? Any requests? Oh, I, you know, I suggested that we should ask the chat. I did ask the chat. And what did they say? They said, your headphones wire is getting in the way of your guitar. Uh, they said one by Metallica, which is like that can't happen. No, you can't play that. Um, Not on an acoustic. Yeah, they play. They said Tom oh, Petty. I don't really have any room, but um, let's see. Yeah, I I stopped thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, right. This doesn't feel right. All right, yeah. put it away. Can you, can you give me a, a rain check? Yes, yeah, sure. Can, hold on. I don't know that song. Rain check. I, I would like to. I would like the opening theme to Brain Donors. <laughs> play it on an acoustic. Uh, I'll work on With it. With a claymation azer jumping in and out of cabs and buildings and hospitals. Oh, play the Game of the Week theme song. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> we're almost there. I could probably figure that out, but, you know. All right, we're, we're a week away from that, from those smooth sounds. Thanks, everybody. Sorry for the rough news there, Dave, and uh, thanks for hanging right. in. Um, right. We'll I'll talk be- to you. We actually have another podcast tonight, and... Uh, we don't have a topic. We'll figure that one out at some point. Uh, that'll be our Friday show. Then we have the mailbag. Ravens running back starring Jamie <laughs> We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, everybody.